Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Well, good morning. I'm glad you guys made it. Otherwise, I don't know what I would do. I'd just be standing here. Uh... This morning, we're going to be concluding our series on progress. Uh, We've talked about the past. Last week, we talked about the present. And this week, we're talking about the future. And really, you know, we can't segregate these. They're all a part of what we are living. Uh, But we saw the importance of seeing these, uh, each phases of these elements in our lives, we, we talked about the past, how we are to learn from the past, but not let the past control it, how it's important that we recognize that we were created in God's image with purpose, with intention, that you are not a mistake, that you are not uh, an accident, that you have purpose because God has given you that purpose. We also saw that we each have made choices that have broken us in so many ways and that it's important to acknowledge the areas where we have made mistakes. You do not grow if you do not go through those difficulties, those difficult things and own them. And so many times people get stuck because they never want to accept their mistake or their problem. And we saw how that's important. But we also talked about how we are living each day and we are not looking to get out of this. God, come quickly, yes, but while we're here, we are to occupy. We are to make the most of what our lives have for us each day. And today I'm going to talk about the future. And what we're going to talk about is fine dining, moving, experts, and planning a trip. But first of all, start with me in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. Paul is writing and he says, but whatever gain I had, and when he's talking about whatever gain I had, he's talking about his status 
as a Pharisee, all the things that he had done his whole life in the place that he had gotten to, what he had achieved, those are the things that he's talking about as gain. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call to God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. I was able to get away with my wife and my daughter uh, this last week. We went up to visit my cousin up in Napa. She lives up in Napa. And it's always great seeing her and it's great being in that area because it's so beautiful. And... As we were talking, we were sharing some stories. We talk about our kids and all the things we've gone through with our kids. And we were talking to her about uh, her daughter, my niece, Jessica. Even though she's my cousin, her daughter is considered my niece. It's an agreement we made when we were kids because we were so close. We kind of lived together. Okay, when we have kids, they're going to call you uncle and they're going to call me aunt. And so it's my niece, my cousin's daughter. If you're trying to figure it out, that's how it worked, okay? And she was telling me how when her daughter had moved out, she was struggling to make ends meet. And she got a text from her one day saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I've got no food. I don't know how things are going to work out. So she gets this text from her daughter that says things are bleak and I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet and I'm really struggling. And so she's very concerned and she was working at the time. And then when she gets a break, she's texting her daughter trying to find, are you okay? What's going on? No word, right? And so, of course, parents, many of you know, when you don't hear back, you panic, right? You assume something's going on. What has she done? Oh, no, hope everything's okay. What was she talking about? What are the things going on? And so she's trying to call her. She's texting her. No reply back. All of a sudden, she sees pictures of her daughter on Facebook at the most expensive restaurant in Napa dining with this fine food. This restaurant has plates that are like $120. Like if you go with a family, you're going to drop $800 at this restaurant. And there's her daughter dressed nicely, just whining and dining at the most expensive restaurant in Napa. And she's like, what the heck's going on? And you see what happened is my niece, she was going through this just 
oh no, what's going to happen to me? I don't have food. I don't have anything. And a friend calls her and says, hey, they're wanting to do some filming at this restaurant and they're needing people to come. And so, you know, they're wanting young people, you know, young, attractive people. And so can you make it down here? And she's like, sure. So for a whole day, she's just feasting on this gourmet food so that she can be a part of this commercial that they're putting together for this restaurant. And it's amazing how things change, but they do. And what we have to realize is that life is not static. It is moving in one direction, and that direction is forward. That it does not stay in one place. And if we are not moving forward, we will find ourselves obsolete. We will find ourselves living in the past instead of shaping the future. And so it's really important for us to recognize that if we are going to be a part of what God is doing, that we have to be moving forward. And we are going to be a community that is committed in moving forward and not stuck in the past. Oh, the things that God did in the past, they were great. But you see, Paul said, I am straining forward. He is letting go. He had to make a transition from where and who he was to who and where he was going and what he was going to become, counting those things as a loss, not not just the bad things, but even good things. Sometimes you get stuck holding on to things that you need to let go of. Oh, remember how we did this? Oh, remember, that was the best. Those were the good old days. Guess what? The good old days are old days. It's time to make new good old days. But if you're just looking back, you'll never move forward. And so he's forgetting what lies behind, straining forward. All that he had achieved as a Pharisee, he was letting go of that because God was calling him forward. God was calling him upward, onward. And he was moving in that direction. And so we need to recognize life is changing. We are moving forward. Moving is a crazy thing, right? You guys ever move? Oh, man. I haven't had to move in like 26 years. And I don't, I hope I never have to move, right? I hope I die where I'm at because it gets more difficult every time you have to move because you get more junk. You just accumulate more and more stuff. But people move for two reasons. They either move because there's a need, they have to, or they move because there is hope for something. You see, you might have to move because you can't afford the place. Or if you're in you know, a place where there is a war, you have to move for survival. It, you have to move because the circumstances where you are are detrimental and it forces you. There's a need to move from that place. But most of the time, me, people move because there is a desire for something better. 
I want to move to a place where the weather is nicer. I want to move because there's a job and this allows me to get that job that I need to make ends meet. I want to move because uh, there is more possibility here for whatever reason. And we're moving either because we need to or because there is the hope. And this idea of the hope is moving forward because we want something better. And that's really what happens. That's why our country was established, right? We wanted to have a life that was a better life. And that was true for the children of Israel. Abraham moved to a place that God was going to call him to. They, they moved out of Egypt and move towards the promised land because there was the hope for something that was better. And the biggest trouble that Israel faced was when they were established. In other words, when they were on the move, they were doing well. They were looking forward to this. They had this ear open to God. What are you doing? But then when they had a place that they had settled down in and they had kings that's when all hell broke loose. That's when the nation plummeted. That's when they became just, just devastated with the choices that they were making. But when they were on the move, that's when they heard God and they understood that God was for all and not just them. It was when they were forced into exile that they actually heard the voice of God saying, This is what I'm calling you to. And even reminding them in Exodus 22, 21, you shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. So when they were on the go, they heard the voice of God saying, I want you to be aware and open to what God is doing in the lives of others because this is what I did to you. And you see, movement is important for us to kind of grow and to kind of hear and and to transition for something that is better, something that is more, something that will take us further. The big question then is, where are we going? What direction are we heading in? If the future is taking us somewhere, where is it taking us? Where are we going? So I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 6. This is after the resurrection. Jesus has gone to the cross, has been buried, and three days later has risen, has made himself known to the disciples on a number of occasions. And so there is this new hope that they're having. God is moving. He's doing something new. There is a future for us, and this transition is taking place. And in verse 6, When he had come together, they asked him, the disciples, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. 
Now they were thinking, okay, all this has happened for a reason. God, are you now restoring Israel? Is now what you're going to do and restore Israel like you had intended? And you see, their vision was much too small. He wasn't restoring Israel. He was storing, restoring the kingdom of God to the whole world. You're going to start in Jerusalem but you're going to move from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so what he is doing is expanding their vision, helping them to see that what God is doing is bigger than what you thought, much, much bigger. But he is doing something, and this is where he is taking the kingdom, not to Israel, but to the world. Because this is what the kingdom of God looks like. It is the work of God that takes place throughout the entire world. And this idea of the kingdom of God is something that is just central to what we see throughout the Gospels. It takes place in all these areas of the Gospels. In Luke chapter 4, verse 30, 43 They said to him, but he said to them, excuse me, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So Jesus was sent to preach the kingdom of God throughout these different towns. It wasn't just in one place because they wanted him to stay. And he goes, no, I need to preach the kingdom of God to these other places as well. He then even sends the disciples out in chapter 9. Verse 2, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And so here is the central theme, to proclaim the kingdom of God, to expand on this. Jesus' purpose was to bring the good news of God's kingdom to those who were suffering both under the heavy hand of Rome, but also those under the oppression of the religious leaders of that time. The kingdom of God is moving them from one place to Another, all those parables about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's like a hidden treasure. It's like a pearl of great value. It's like a net that brings in every kind of fish. All these are talking about what God is doing in the earth, what God is wanting to do in humanity. And you see, this is what is happening here. What, what God is doing, where God is going, the direction is to establish the kingdom of God in the hearts of mankind. So that at the very end of Jesus' life here on earth, we have this amazing encounter with Pilate in John chapter 18. Starting at verse 33, Pilate entered the headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. 
Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? What a powerful dialogue that's taking place. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of the world. If my kingdom was of this world, they'd be fighting just like you fight. They would be seeking power just like you're seeking power. But my kingdom is not like this. And everyone who knows the truth hears my voice because my kingdom is different. And this is why I've come to establish this new kingdom. Do you ever have something you feel like you're an expert at? Something you know really well? See, I probably know dogs more than everyone here because I'm a dog trainer, right? And you might say, you don't know my Fifi better than me. But I know dogs better than most people because I've trained thousands, literally, of dogs. And so when someone's talking and all of a sudden a conversation comes up and someone mentions their dog, my ears perk up and I put on my expert badge, right? It's like, oh, you're talking about dogs? I know about dogs. Yeah, tell me what the problem is with your dog. And I can get to this mindset where all of a sudden I've got this knowledge. I know all about dogs. I can fix this situation because I know that. But the problem is when you put your expert badge on, what happens is your ears grow dull to actually hearing and learning. You see... They actually might have some information, something they've done that has worked with their dog that you didn't know about it unless you listen and hear and are able to develop that information. And so when you come become an expert at something, that oftentimes means you stop learning and you stop growing and you stop listening. And what needs to happen is you always have to be aware. And you can always tell when you put that expert badge on because all of a sudden you start talking about all the things you know. But you see, to be an expert means that you have pulled up information from your past. But someone who is a learner is always learning more. You see, there are people who train dogs who I've learned a lot of things and I'm still learning a lot of things from. Pilate thought he knew all about this kingdom stuff. He was an expert and it ended there when here there was a kingdom that was taking place that he was totally blind to that was actually moving him forward. God is ushering in the truth. He is ushering in his kingdom And he has done it clearly in the person of Jesus. Do we see it? Do we see what God is doing? Do we see what the kingdom of God looks like? See, we we think oftentimes when we talk about the future, we think of the future as a time that will take place later on. But I want you to think of the future not so much as something that will happen, but a concept of what Jesus has begun. I want you to think of the future as not just a time, but maybe a place that's unfolding. A future is the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? What is that? What is this place, this kingdom? It's a place where justice 
overcomes corruption. It's a place where there's generosity instead of greed. It's a place where there is inclusion instead of prejudice. It's a place where there is love instead of hatred. It is a place that looks like the heart of God. It's a place that is drawing us into this relationship with God. Remember in chapter 14 of John's gospel when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. In other words, it's about us being together. You see, the kingdom of heaven is where we are in relationship with the will of God and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is the future that we are moving towards. It is the kingdom of God that has been seen clearly in Jesus and is being established through his people. It's something that we get to take part of. And you see, the future is calling us. The kingdom of God, in a sense, is pulling us into his very heart. It is conforming us into his image, helping us to think like he thinks, to to see things the way he sees things, to do things that he would do, to be like him. This is our calling. This is what we have. This is where we are going. This is our future. It is not without purpose. It is not without hope. It is into the very heart of God. And so the future for us looks like the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God looks like all the things that Jesus has done and started to do and is now handing on down to us. And so there's a lot of learning to do. We're not experts. We have to grow into this because it is bringing us into the heart of God. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, he, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. It's a pretty big disclosure of who Jesus is. And he is the head of the body of the church. That's us. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Reconcile means he's bringing all these things to the proper conclusion. He's going to tally them up. He's going to total them. He's going to settle all these things, and that includes us. Our future looks like him. We are being drawn into the heart of who Jesus is. This is where we are going. This is where we are headed. So we know where we're headed. It is to this kingdom that looks like Jesus, but how do we get there? 
everything I do ends up on my phone calendar. I know some of you have other calendars where you have to write things out. Our last uh, Learning to Lead, Beth talked about how she develops things and she talks about how she has a calendar and she kind of works backwards into those things. And that's really how we deal with most things. If we've got events that are going to take place, we have to know when is the event and what do I have to do to get ready for that event. And if it's not in my phone, it really doesn't exist, right, for me. I have to see it on my phone to know what needs to be done because otherwise I forget. And so I know tomorrow that we're bringing in a puppy for board and training. The puppy's coming at 10 o'clock, and we're going to have the puppy for three days to kind of work with this dog. I also know that I have a lesson tomorrow afternoon at noon, I think out in uh, Granada Hills. And so I've got to head out at 11 o'clock if I've got to be there by noon. And, And so all these things are planning. And so even though the event is at this time, I work my way backwards. I reverse engineer things so that I know where I have to be. I know I'm leaving for Haiti on Friday and I know I want to get a haircut. So I have to set a time before Friday to get my haircut because I want as little fuss over my hair because, you know, this takes a lot of work. This isn't an accident. You know, (laughs) I I need as much to, to get that done before that. I know I need to take my malaria pills so that I can take them also in that time. I, I have all these things planned so that I can get to this place. I have a wedding on Thursday, and I've got a wedding rehearsal on Tuesday, and I've got a wedding counseling on Monday. It starts here, but it works its way backwards so that we know what needs to be done. Well, I think the same thing can be true with the kingdom of God. How do we get there? Let's start working our way backwards. If the kingdom of God looks like Jesus, if it looks like generosity, if it looks like compassion, if it looks like inclusion, if it looks like love, then what are the things that I can do that can help become this? So that what we're going to is moving to this place. And usually we think in a binary way. In other words, there is the things that you can do and the things that you can't do. There is the things you say yes to, the things that you say no to. But I think with the kingdom of God and the future, there has to be a trinary thing. There has to be the the yes and no things, but there has to also be, I wonder what would happen if things. I wonder how this would look. Because if the kingdom of God is our destination and we are reverse engineering back, then how do I become a more generous person? Then how do I become a person who is more in touch with the heart of God? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 Paul says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is what we are supposed to do to get to where we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be doing the good works because that's what God has prepared for us so that we could walk in them. But what are those good works? They're everything. They're any good work. Start doing good somewhere. 
start moving towards the destination. Don't wait for it to come. Don't think you know what it looks like so you're just sitting there waiting for it. I don't need to learn anything. The way we learn is by practicing. See, the way I've learned most of what I know in dog training is by training dogs. The way I can read a dog is because I've looked at hundreds and hundreds of dogs. Uh Uh-oh. He closed his mouth. That's not good. means he's a little bit nervous. Oh, his pupils are dilating. That means he's about to bite me. You see... I've had to look at a lot of dogs to be able to get some of these things. You have to do a lot of work to be able to understand the kingdom of God and start seeing it show up in your life. But you and I were created for this. We are created to see the kingdom of heaven established here in the lives of those around us. We are continuing what Jesus began We are furthering this revolution that it's not just the kingdom of God being restored to Israel. It's the kingdom of God being restored to the world. God is going to reign and we are preparing the way. Before Christ returns, we have a job to do. And it is there that we see our future start to unfold. It is there we start to see things take place. You see, so many times we get lost in our own kingdom. The kingdom of God is about God's working in the hearts of people. So if you're in a job and you're thinking, well, to get ahead, I just need to do this. Well, if you step on people to get ahead in your job, guess what? Those people are the kingdom of God that you're supposed to be reaching. You see, you're missing the point. If it's just about you getting ahead and you step on people to get ahead, then you violated what the heart of the kingdom of God is all about. If you start using, abusing people, you're in contradiction to what the kingdom of God is all about. And so we need to move forward in this way of thinking, in this understanding of what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is really all about because whatever you do whatever i do it is moving in this direction that is what the future looks like is what you're doing lining up is it the good works that are going to help establish what the kingdom looks like because that's where you and i move forward that's where you and i grow that's where you and i start to develop and become more like Jesus. That's the whole reason that Jesus had disciples is so that he could teach them to do what he did so that the kingdom of God could start becoming more evident to the people around us. There is so much work to do. There is so much that we can do to help bring this mindset into our families, into our places of work, into our country, into the world. And what an exciting thing to be a part of what God is doing. It it energizes us. You see, it's moving that starts to give us the hope. It starts to give us this desire. I'm heading somewhere. Because once we plant our feet and we get stuck, 
think we're experts, that's when the problems hit. And life is moving. Things are not static. And life is moving in one direction, and it's forward. And God is waiting in this future for us, calling us to himself, pulling us to himself. And what we have before us is the opportunity to move in the things that God has for us. Let's pray. Father, I do pray that you would help us to see what your kingdom looks like. That it is not a place that we are going to go to one day, that it is something that you have brought about here and now. That you are doing the work of the kingdom, that you are restoring the kingdom in the hearts of people to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Lord, that we have work to do in Upland, the Inland Valley, Mexico, Haiti. We have things that can be done that can help bring evidence of who you are to the people of this world, to the people of our community. And God, there is so much to be done. And so, God, I pray that we would reorient our thinking about what the future is, that it is not just a time, but it is a destination where your will is paramount, that you are reconciling us to yourself. And this is what it looks like. This is what we are living for. This is what we are living towards. And that it would shape all the things that we do. It would shape how we treat people. It would shape how we interact with others, that it would shape the decisions that we make because we have an intention to be where you have called us. God, I thank you for the revelation of your son and giving us someone tangible that we could follow after, giving us words that we could wrestle with, to try and become who you've intended us to be. And so I pray for everyone who is here, Lord, you have created them as a masterpiece, designed them for good deeds. May they walk in them. And as we walk forward, may we get closer and closer towards this destination that looks like your heart May that grow in us and in everyone we encounter. Pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you surrender to change, but may you have hope in the direction that change is taking. May you know that he has prepared a place for you, a feast, that you are going to dine with him. And that the road there is the good works that he has prepared for you. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Enjoy the week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. 
You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.